Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I think it's been a minute since we had a press conference around this campaign, but yesterday was a, a huge day for us. Uh, historically, it was also a huge day for the labor movement in general. Um, uh, we got a court decision on the massive unfair labor practice hearing that took place in Buffalo. I believe the hearing started in July of last year and went a couple of months of testimony from workers here in Buffalo, uh, laying out just how egregious the anti-union campaign was that Starbucks waged on the stores here in Buffalo, starting back in August of 2021 when our campaign first went public. Um, this. I will pass it over to legal in a minute to go over the real details of this decision, but this decision came down after three and a half months, I believe, of deliberation by this, by this particular judge, and it was over 200 pages long. That's a huge, huge decision. It gave us some remedies, uh, suggested remedies, such as a bargaining order in one of the stores that filed here initially. Uh, that didn't get their union because of the behavior of the company. Uh, this also came on the heels yesterday of an announcement from um, Bernie Sanders that he would like to subpoena Howard Schultz in order to testify in a hearing with Congress about the behavior of this company, as well as an announcement from the white collar workers of Starbucks over in our headquarters in Seattle saying that they stood with the hourly workers and their want to unionize and that it was necessary and that they did not stand with the company and their behavior thus far during our campaign. Um, it took 18 months of listening to the company tell us to our faces that not only would they, were they adhering to US labor law, but they would never employ illegal tactics to try to break up our campaign or bust our union. And now we have proof that not only did they do that, but they did that to a degree that is unprecedented in US labor law. Um, so we are excited to be able to share that verdict with all of you and to give a little background as to what the company had actually employed in over the last 18 months. Um, but we're saddened that this is what we've had to endure for 18 months. And we're hoping that this is moving in a direction where people will start to recognize what the company actually put us through. Um, I'm gonna pass this over to some of the other workers here to give you a little bit more detail and background. Name, sure, my name is uh, Michelle Eisen, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-E-I-S-E-N, -E -E 
and I'm a barista at the Elmwood Avenue location here in Buffalo. I'll pass this over to Jazz now. Hi, my name is Jazz Brissack, J-A-Z-B-R-I-S-A-C-K. I was a barista at Elmwood for two years until they forced me out in the same union busting that they forced so many of us out. Um, so it's particularly encouraging to see the first reinstatements um, being ordered in Buffalo and hopefully, you know, the foreshadowing of m many more cases like that to come. Um, so I want to give a quick overview and then bring up another um, guest. Um, but we started our campaign in August of 2021 and we had our committee go public across the Starbucks cafes of Buffalo and within a week we had filed for the first three stores. Immediately, Rossanne Williams, the president of Starbucks North America, was on a plane to Buffalo, leading what they called the Buffalo SWAT team, inundating our stores, flooding us with support managers who were stationed in our stores at all times to prevent us from having conversations, prevent us from organizing, um, and try to break our momentum. Um, reading the decision, you know, everything from the phony excuses corporate used, like the fact that um, they were in Buffalo to investigate the carpet in our store's back room um, to, you know, the actual threats and firings that they made um, are in, you know, stark relief. I want to bring up um, Peter DeJesus with the Western New York Area Labor Federation for a minute and then... Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, so, on behalf of the Western New York Area Labor Federation, um, you know, we are extremely happy with the decision that was handed down yesterday supporting our claims uh, that the Starbucks anti-union anti campaign and war against its workers is flat out illegal. Uh, while you've heard here today, you know, while we are happy with the decision, the reality is, is that the process takes too long. And it is a prime example of why federal legislation like the PRO Act is needed to ensure that no employer, not even a billionaire, is able to violate the will of its workers. Legislation like the PRO Act would protect workers should an employer choose to violate the national labor law by ensuring that they would experience, experience swift uh, and severe punishment by the NLRB and the courts, which is currently not the case. So again, we celebrate the decision and hope that in the end, it will bring Starbucks to the table in a meaningful way and that their anti-union war against their workers uh, comes to an end, an immediate end, not only here in Western New York, but across the country. Uh, we have serious issues when it comes to how corporate America is treating its will, uh, its will of its workers, its employees, right? These workers back here have every right to organize. They have every right to stand up and say what they need in terms of the conditions of their employment, right? The quality of their life. Nobody has the right to overlook that. So on behalf of the Western New York Area Labor Federation, we are happy to stand with them and will continue to stand with them until the day that they have the seat at the table that they so rightfully deserve. Thank you. Uh, with that, I am going to pass it to... Yeah. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here. My name is Gianna Reeve, G-I-A-N-N-A-R-E-E-V-E, -E -E, and I am a ship supervisor and freshly minted union member of the Camp Road location of Starbucks. To get to this point was treacherous. When Camp Road initially began organizing, and we were part of the first three stores in their union drive, we were ecstatic. The feeling in my store was electric, and we could not be stopped, it felt like. We were wondering, what can we do when we're together? 
And then about a week after the union drive was announced, corporate came down like a hammer to crush us. I'm here to tell you that they didn't succeed. They tried and they committed some of the most egregious acts of union busting that we have seen in modern history. And now we have the documents and we have the rulings to prove that. We've all known it. We've all seen it ourselves, but now we have the validation to take this where it needs to go. And that remedy is like we've been saying, the bargaining order at Camp Road so we can have our rightful right to bargain and negotiate with the company like we've been wanting to for about nearly two years now. This bargaining order is unprecedented, to say the least. To have this ruling come down and say, no, Starbucks did manipulate you. Starbucks did surveil. Starbucks was in your stores nonstop, just watching, hoping you would trip up, say something wrong, do something that's out of line with whatever their line of thinking is that day to get you out of the floor, to stop talking, to stop speaking up. It's incredible. And I hope that we can see more rulings like this come to the future for other businesses and other workers trying to organize because that's their right. It shouldn't have to be a fight like this for workers to have their legal rights to a union. But here we are. And as much as I am ecstatic that I can say that I am now an official member of Starbucks Workers United, I am still frustrated that it takes this much to get us to this point. Cool. All right, I am going to give the microphone to Angel Krempa. Um, hi, I'm Angel Krempa. I am one of the illegally fired workers for union organizing. I was at the Depew store and I've been ordered my reinstatement as well as my comrades Cassie Fleischer, Kellen Montoya, Mean Moo Park, uh, Nathan Tarnowski, and Brian Nuzo. There were six of us who were involved in this case that were illegally fired for our union organizing. And uh, most of us have been gone for around a year and we've been waiting a really long time to have this validation. It's been really turbulent for all of us because we came together at the beginning just to hold each other and our bosses accountable. And as we were doing that, we were told that we were wrong and we shouldn't be doing that. And at the end of the day, we knew we were right. We are right. Um, there's no reason why we can't organize and unionize any workplace that we want to because it's our lawful right to do so. So I, I've been crying a lot since yesterday, and but it's been really happy tears, and it's been the first happy tears that I've had since this campaign's really taken off because it's just like I can breathe again. Um, and I know I'm not the only one who feels that way either. We've definitely felt stuck because of this company. There are months where we weren't able to get jobs. Uh, we couldn't get unemployment, so we were just stuck hoping that this day would come. And I'm so grateful to have the comrades behind me and around this nation and around the world who have supported not only myself and everyone in this movement. And that's really <laughs> the bigger picture is the solidarity that we've grown is going to continue to grow. And the only way that we can grow that solidarity is to hold these people accountable, to make sure that 
when we do get our days in court that we win and we did win because we made sure that we took all the stops we were honest we were truthful and all we were doing was organizing a union and there's nothing wrong with just trying to stand up for your coworkers and your comrades so thank you all for being here today and just know that this is not the first time that we've seen this win the memphis 7 won just a couple months ago and that was another big labor history movement that we're never going to forget i'm never going to forget and this is going to help hundreds of other fired workers for organizing. It's not just Starbucks workers that are going to benefit off of this. This is going to be everybody who can benefit off of this case. And I just, again, want to thank everybody who's not only stood by my side, but everybody's side, because this is, this is a lot. And I am so grateful that I've been here. And now I'm going to pass it off. Um. I'm Michael Sanabria, uh, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-A-N-A-B-R-I-A. -A -A. Um, I am a barista from the Transit Commons location in East Amherst. Um, and I am actually like kind of the first reinstated employee in Buffalo. Um, I got fired uh, in October for attending a funeral. Um, the company did voluntarily reinstate me. Um, and this case, the, the ruling we got yesterday is amazing to hear that there's so many people that uh, have had a longer fight than I have uh, able to come back um, and join me as being reinstated. Um, the, that on top of everything else in this case um, that we've won is amazing. Um, so many other companies around the country have been following in Starbucks footsteps and following their playbook and uh, union busting the exact same way that we experienced. Um, and this case goes to show them that they're not going to get away with it. Um, the courts are on our side. The public is on our side. Um, we have a right to do what we have done and create a union, um, work together to better our workplace. And uh, it is just amazing for this win and for this movement uh, and for the labor movement all around the country. Uh, and Vic is Hi, um, my name is Victoria Conklin. It's V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. I was a five-year partner at the East Robinson location until I was fired June 22nd. Um, and this ruling means a lot to not only me, but every fired worker that is still awaiting reinstatement across the country. I was fired the day after the NLRB announced that they were seeking this. Um, and I still have not gone to court. And like Peter said, this process takes entirely too long for workers. I was fired after being late one time in the five years that I worked there, and I'm still waiting for my day in court. But this is an amazing feeling, seeing my friends reinstated, my own coworker being reinstated after watching him be fired. And it just gives us hope to all, all the fired workers across the country. Um, the emotional toll, the physical toll, the financial toll that being fired for unionizing takes on you is horrific. And somehow this makes the past 10 months seem worth it, seeing my friends reinstated, knowing that mine is coming next. Um, what Starbucks does to people when they fire them for organizing is horrific. And we should not be letting, they should not be getting away with it ever. 
it, I mean, you're food insecure, you're, there's times where you don't know if you can pay your rent, and they know that that's what they're going to do to you when they fire you. And just knowing that my friends are going back to their job and knowing that in a month or two I will be able to sit in court and tell the world my truth and fight for my own reinstatement and inevitably get it and be able to clock back in beside my friends is um, something that I've been waiting for for a very long time. And I'm so proud of every partner in Buffalo for standing up to this company, for being brave enough to go out there to testify, and for winning. Who's next? Oh, and now it's Will. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is William Westlake, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-W-E-S-T-L-A-K-E. Uh, -E. uh, 14 months ago, I stood in this exact same location uh, after what was, you know, called an election loss uh, at the Camp Road store in Hamburg, New York. And now today, I get to stand here again, uh, having an ALJ decision uh, backing the fact that that election uh, was something that Starbucks had put their hand on the scale of. Um, they had broken just about every law that they could in every section of the National Labor Relations Act to crush our organizing. Um, and in spite of that, I get to stand here today and let you all know that Starbucks is being ordered to bargain with the Camp Road store and that we're going to be able to get justice and negotiate higher wages and benefits for the workers at that store. Um, I'd also like to point out that in those last 14 months, um, we haven't been just sitting on our hands waiting for the court to make its decisions, and that's not going to change today. Um, we've had the entire labor movement being able to back us uh, in this fight, and we are going to continue to be able to um, get the company to the table and negotiate a good contract uh, for workers across all of the hundreds of locations that Buffalo workers were able to inspire to organize, um, not just at Starbucks, but across um, a whole new wave and a whole new generation of organizing that's been sweeping across the country, and we're going to keep doing that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Richard Bensinger, B-E-N-S-I-N-G-E-R. Um, I'm a senior advisor and union organizer for Workers United, and I'm the former national organizing director for the AFL-CIO. Um, as Will just alluded to, a year and a half ago, these courageous workers lit a spark that um, enabled, star inspired Starbucks workers across the nation to organize and really inspired the generation uh, to organize. And it's been described here, this is, the, the level of anti-unionism here is hard to comprehend. It's almost too much to comprehend. The decision of the judges is almost so long. I've been doing this almost 50 years, I've never seen anything approaching this. This is, simply put, an unprecedented reign of terror by a corporation to try to intimidate and curse employees of their federally sponsored right. Workers in this country shouldn't have to walk through a minefield to get a union. It should be an act of simple democracy. I was reading Michelle Eisen's tweet this morning, uh, and congratulations. 
That's an 11-year partner, 12-year partner, um, who really has led this movement. And Michelle alluded to how hard it was not only to go through the anti-union campaign and experience uh, this reign of terror, what the company did, <coughs> from firings to store closings to massive threats, uh, forced captive audience meetings, how, how hard it was for her and her coworkers to sit there while the employer denied this for the last 18 months. Not only did they say they didn't break the law, they said they're not even anti-union. I think the real thing Starbucks should be worried about is I think customers aren't stupid. I think customers go to Starbucks because, like I do, because Starbucks has always professed to be progressive. And I think Starbucks is on really dangerous ice here with this uh, guilty verdict of alienating their, most of their customer base. So I want to really salute these courageous baristas. I think in the annals of labor history, these Buffalo workers will go down uh, as heroic. Thank you. Hi everyone, my name's Ian Hayes, I-A-N-H-A-Y-E-S, and I'm an attorney for the campaign. Um, I think everything important has already been covered. I just want to summarize a couple things. Uh, first of all, this, the, the judge's decision in this case, the conclusion is that Starbucks violated these workers' rights under federal labor law hundreds of times over here in Buffalo by immediately at the start of the union campaign invading Buffalo and creating coercion and, and disruption for months as a way of trying to stamp out the union campaign from the beginning and stop it from becoming a national movement. They did fail in that, but in doing that, uh, it became clear that in the first days of the campaign, and this is the judge's decision in this case, in the first days of the campaign, the company made a decision to not only come here and disrupt the lives of hundreds of workers uh, who were just trying to have a voice in the company that they care about, uh, but to break the law hundreds or really thousands of times over in order to get what they wanted and that they would deal with the consequences later. So this decision is them dealing with the consequences later. The judge's remedies uh, that he ordered, as, as has been said, are unprecedented and very sweeping in scope. So the judge ordered that the company has to recognize the union as the workers' representatives at the Camp Road store, even though the union lost the election when this was all originally happening. Because of that, the company has to bargain with the union at that store, just like any other store where the workers have won an election. That is an extremely rare remedy that's reserved only for the very worst behavior on the part of a company. Uh, the judge ordered that seven workers who had been illegally fired, of course, be reinstated to their jobs, be made whole, and actually be paid consequential damages, meaning uh, any of the financial impact that sort of comes as a secondary uh, effect of a termination Starbucks has to pay those workers for those damages. It also has to pay about 25 workers, or maybe more, consequential damages for other financial losses that they experienced as part of the chaos that the company created here in Buffalo. Um, on top of all of that, the company has to post a physical notice that's about 15 pages long 
letting workers know what their rights are, and, and essentially listing all of the violations that they engaged in here. They have to post that not just in stores in Buffalo, not just in New York, but at all 9,000 corporate-run stores in the United States. And they don't have to do that for a week or a month or a year. They have to do it for as long as the organizing campaign is going on, and it's going to be go going on for a very long time. That notice will have the names of all of these workers who were affected, all of the fired workers, um, and that is, you know, history because every worker in every store is going to be able to look at that, even if it's five years from now, if there's still organizing going on, and be reminded of how this campaign started and how the company responded. Uh, and I hope that's going to have a, a far-reaching effect. On, uh, the, the last thing I'll say is, also as part of the remedy, the judge ordered that Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, and uh, uh, one of the senior vice presidents of the company record a video saying, again, that they violated the law and telling Starbucks workers what their rights are under the law and that that video be distributed to every Starbucks worker in the country electronically. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So these, a judge doesn't order remedies like that when a company kind of slips up or accidentally crosses the line or there's a series of coincidences that led them to technically violate the law. A judge only orders remedies like that when there was a deliberate systematic campaign to violate workers' rights. That's what the judge's decision says. That's why the decision is over 200 pages long because the judge had to comprehensively deal with all of that. Uh, information, and uh, that's really, as, as others have said, either unprecedented or, you know, at the top of the list of uh, huge decisions in labor law. One other thing that uh, I don't think has been mentioned today is the judge ordered that the company has to reopen a store that it permanently closed as part of its illegal anti-union campaign. At the very start of the campaign, uh, there was, there were group of Starbucks workers at a kiosk location in the mall here in Buffalo. Uh, and the company sort of suspected or got word that that was a hotbed of organizing and they, again, wanted to stamp that out. This is the, the Galleria kiosk location. Uh, as part of their illegal campaign, the judge found that the company closed that store permanently. Part of the remedy here is that they have to reopen the store and make all of the workers who were employed at that store whole for closing it and causing all of that disruption in their lives. Again, it's an extremely rare, almost unprecedented remedy, uh, and it's, it's part of the story here. So I can answer questions later, but that's all I have to say. Thanks. I don't think we have anyone else, right? So questions? Can they appeal that ruling and stop anything from any of these changes happening immediately? Yeah, I mean, Starbucks has abused the, the process that's available to them the, the whole time. There's no question that if they appeal this, they'll lose on every count. That, that might happen. I hope they do the right thing and don't do that. And what's the time frame they have to appeal within? 30 days. All of us are kind of thinking about that because, again, this was 
one of the most egregious and most dramatic things that a lot of us have gone through. And like I've toyed with it back and forth as if I'm gonna go back, but I'm gonna go back because I really, I miss it, I miss my job, I miss being a barista, but that's something each individual um, I think has all been toying with. And every fired worker, there's over, God, 172, over 200 of us now. So that's a thought that rattles in all of our minds. So yes, most of us I believe are, but I can't guarantee everybody is either. I'm going to go back. And um, those 200 workers, are those, they, those are all covered in this ruling? Or are there more these No. So there's a bunch of rulings that either, ha well, not a bunch that have occurred. Uh, we've probably had like three or four like major rulings that have happened. Austin from New York City was just reinstated um, earlier this week. But like Victoria here and Will here, they're still waiting in their day in court. And they were fired six plus months ago. So it's something that will help their cases move along, I think, a lot more quickly, since we have this precedent set that these things happen to us, and us as the six, seven fired workers, we were very diligent with what we told the court, so they have a really good backing now behind them for the courts to be like, okay, the, you know, there's a secondary background that we can attest to now. So I think their cases, fingers crossed, are gonna go a lot more quicker than ours did. Really quick, I want to bring up Kellen, one of the constructively discharged workers, which means that he was forced out of Elmwood um, in retaliation for organizing. Do you want to just? Sure. <clears throat> um, my name is Kellen Higgins, K-E-L-L-E-N-H-I-G-G-I-N-S. Um, I was constructively discharged out of the company back in April. Um, I was given an ultimatum. I could either resign, take a leave of absence, or effectively be terminated. Um, and I guess, you know, to answer the question, am I going to go back, it's kind of challenging because I had, I was, I'm in school. I just got accepted um, into three PhD programs. So I wanted to work up until, you know, the end of the year so I could start that program. But um, being forced out last year was really damaging financially and um, mentally as well. It was, it was really hard to continue on um, without that stream of income. And now being offered my job back, it's, you know, it's going to be challenging because you know, I have to sign a contract and I won't be able to work anymore. And I just missed my job. So I missed out on all of that time to continue my job. You know, have that stream of income and you know be around these amazing partners and be in a tight knit community that is um, you know accepting very um, you know more of that liberal stance. You know, being a queer barista, I you know have that place, I have that family, um, and to kind of be stripped away from that, uh, it was really really damaging. You know, I, I don't you know I'm not from Buffalo, so this was my family that I you know effectively created um, while I had employment here. So to have that stripped away, it was you know extremely lonely. Um, and just financially damaging. Thank you. The actual uh, process of bargaining for a contract, where does that stand? Does that stand anywhere? Is there any problems I can take that. More <laughs> yeah, so um, that's obviously what everyone's waiting for, right? And that's what we're ultimately hoping to get to is a contract that you know, hopefully both the company and the workers can be proud of. Um, the company has done what they've done this entire campaign, which is employ every delay tactic they possibly can 
to first try to stomp out the campaign itself, which failed, then to try to keep it contained here in Buffalo, which absolutely failed, and then you know ultimately try to stop us or delay us from getting a contract, which they hope will also, you know, destroy momentum and energy and takes a lot of work to, to keep fighting, fighting, fighting. But this is the fight that we're in right now, which is for that contract, and this is where we're going. Um, we have a multitude of legal issues surrounding their failure to come to the table in any meaningful way, um, and that is the process that we're in right now. But we are still going forward on our end. We are building proposals as a movement. We are building proposals based on feedback from thousands of baristas across the country now. Our movement, I don't know if we actually put any numbers out there, but we are just shy of 300 unionized stores across the country uh, in just under 14, just over 14 months. That encompasses over 7,000 unionized Starbucks workers across the country. That's massive. That's you know 7,000 newly minted union members who are ready to get to that table. Um, and what we're doing now is trying to put as much pressure from the company as we can um, from the outside to get them to sit down and start negotiating that contract. Um, they'll tell you that they've been willing to do this the entire time. I'll tell you that they most certainly have not. Um, so. What we're asking for is a little bit of what Richard said. We need public pressure continued. We've, we've seen the political pressure start to come through in the last few months. Um, people demanding that the company do what's right, which is listen to our voices and allow us to put those voices into a collective bargaining agreement. And so what we're doing is building those proposals. And when the company is actually ready to sit down in any sort of meaningful way, we will be ready to put those across the table and say, let's start negotiating. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later, uh, but you've all witnessed what this company is capable of, and you know now we have it in writing and we have proof. So I'm naively hoping, though this is starting to slip away the longer we go, that this company is going to do an about face and do what they've always done, which is take care of their workers, and that includes their unionized workers. Right? You know we don't we don't get put in a separate category. We all work for this company, so that's where we are with that bargaining fight right now. I have a follow-up as well. Um, Howard Schultz himself has gone on camera and said that he does not see a future where he would you know, negotiate or deal with a union. This is, these aren't the words of someone who is ready to come in good faith. These are the words of someone who is ready to direct his team to violate the law, to violate workers' rights. And he's made it clear every step of the way that he has no intention of getting to a contract. Now, Howard's leaving on March 22nd. Uh, this campaign will have out outlasted uh, his new renewed tenure at Starbucks on March 23rd. And so we are also making an appeal to uh, the new CEO that he really uh, reverse course and um, not repeat the mistakes that Howard has made. Would you rather spend millions of dollars continuing to fight legal battles that you're destined to lose because of your actions, or would you rather actually do right by the people who are so dedicated to working in your stores every day for years and years?
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.